0: There's no form or exact methodology to to that so long as it's clear that it's a legal agreement and that it's clear that it does what you want it to do in terms of in that example that the company has decided to forgive that loan then you're entitled to choose whatever form you want for that whether it's on the back of a napkin a two-pager or a formal legal document prepared by a lawyer. Listening to Australia's Podcast for Accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to grow your firm.
1: Welcome to episode 354 of Tax Talks. This is Heidi Robson, and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. Let's talk about the write-off of Division 7A loans. And now let's assume we have two companies: Company A and Company B. Both companies have a Division 7A loan on their books. And both companies did not recognize a deemed Division 7a dividend, but for different reasons. Company A changed accountants and only now realized that they should have recognized a deemed Division 7a dividend ages ago, more than four years ago. But the individual tax returns of the relevant shareholders are outside of the amendment period and so they can no longer amend those returns to pick up that dividend. So there is no Division 7a dividend recognized, but the relevant individual tax returns can no longer be amended. Company B is in a different position. They were aware at the time that they had a Division 7a loan, but the company had no distributable surplus in the year the deemed Division 7a dividend would have arisen. So there was no deemed dividend either. And so now both companies still have these loans from the company to the shareholder in their balance sheets. What do you do with those? Will they just sit there forever? Can you write them off? That is the question. But to start with, let's just quickly look at the relevant sections. Section 109F, F for forgiveness. Subsection 1 says the following. It says, a private company is taken to pay a dividend to an entity at the end of the private company's year of income if all or part of a debt the entity owed the private company is forgiven in that year. End of quote. So if you forgive a Division 7A loan, you trigger a deemed dividend under Section 109F. Now comes Section 109G. And 109G, it sounds a bit com- convoluted in subsection three, but it basically says that if you have already recognized the deemed dividend due to Section 109D, then the forgiveness of that loan can't trigger another dividend. And then subsection 3A says the same thing for a dividend under section 109E, the shortfall of minimum repayments. So if you had a dividend under section 109D or 109E, the shortfall of a minimum repayment, then you can't be hit with another division 7A dividend. So whenever you had a deemed dividend under section 109D or E, That amount can trigger another dividend under Section 109F. You can't be taxed twice for the same amount. That is what Section 109G is basically telling you. And this will become really important in a minute when we talk about the division 7a dividends that arose, but were not recognized because of a past amendment period. So now let's go back to our two examples. Company A, no deemed dividend thanks to past amendment periods having passed. And Company B, no deemed dividend thanks to no distributable surplus. So let's ask Andrew Henshaw of Velocity Legal in Melbourne, whether Company A or B or both can write off these loans without triggering Division 7a? Will the write-off trigger a dividend under Section 109f? That is the question.
0: Yeah, well, let's go through Company A first then. So you've got a situation where the company has made a loan to a shareholder or an associate of a shareholder in a prior income year, which has triggered a deemed dividend. It's just that that deemed dividend has not been reported in anyone's tax return and the individuals or persons that it would be reportable to, the commissioner is now out of time to issue an assessment for that year in question, subject of course, to the commissioner forming the view that fraud or evasion has occurred. And let's just assume that that hasn't, that there is not that view. So in other words, the commission is out of time to issue a deemed, so to issue a deemed dividend and issue an assessment for that. Well, there's a simple answer of what can be done in that situation. The loan can be forgiven that would otherwise trigger a debt forgiveness. However, there is a rule in section 109G, which says that if an amount was already treated as a deemed dividend under section 109D, then it doesn't also trigger a debt forgiveness under 109 F. So in other words, the loan can be forgiven under section 109F, but there is no deemed dividend due to Section 109G.
1: And I think we covered that in a previous
0: We've covered that, talk. yeah, in a previous in a previous talk.
1: That means we don't have a deemed dividend when we write this off. Yeah, we don't have a deemed dividend to the shareholder when we write off this loan. The question is now what happens in the company's books? Is this a non-deductible expense when they write this loan off?
0: I think so. I I don't think the company would be getting any tax deduction or capital loss for that amount. You'd have to look at what the purpose of the loan was for and whether or not there's possible commercial debt forgiveness rules applying. But I think what you would get is a situation where there is no capital loss, or tax deduction. If it's used for personal use, there will be none of those.
1: It didn't have an official contract. It didn't pay interest. So it most likely wasn't commercial. So the commercial debt forgiveness rules don't apply. So then the company basically just books out this receivable, but that expense is not deductible. So they would debit expense and credit receivable, but that expense is not deductible, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And the argument it's not deductible is because it wasn't part of their business.
0: Yeah, it has nothing to do with gaining or producing assessable income or part of the business. It's private. It's really a private arrangement. So then moving to loan B or company B where you've got the situation that it's made a loan but it did not have a distributable surplus at the time that it made that loan. So as a result of not having a distributable surplus, The company's not taken to pay a deemed dividend under 109D. So the situation is different to company A. Company A was taken to pay a dividend, it's just that it wasn't included in the tax returns. Company B is never taken to have paid a dividend because it did not have a distributable surplus at the time the loan was made. And what that means is that by forgiving that loan, you don't have that that protection of of section 109g, what you would need to do is you'd have to do another calculation and work out whether there was a distributable surplus at the time of the forgiveness. If there was a distributable surplus or is a distributable surplus at the time of the forgiveness, then you may potentially have a deemed dividend at the time of the forgiveness.
1: Okay. So that means if you avoid division 7a because you are out of amendment periods, you have had a section 109 D dividend, hence, you can't have one again. Yeah. If you avoid division seven, a, because there's no distributable surplus, you didn't have a section 109 D deemed dividend. Hence, when you forgive it, you don't have section 109 G and F to protect you. And so then you need to look at the distributable surplus again. So for company B, that got out of Division 7A originally because they didn't have a distributable surplus, they need to have no distributable surplus twice at the time they make the loan and at at the time they forgive the loan. Whereas the distributable surplus doesn't apply to Company A because for Company A, it was about amendment periods.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's correct.
1: And so if company b then doesn't have a distributable surplus in the year it it forgives the loan then we have the same scenario like for a they basically debit expense and credit that loan account and then that expense is not tax deductible yeah correct is this quite a common scenario for you where you see clients forgive division 7a loans
0: i wouldn't say it's a common scenario but i have advised on it a few times it's not every day that client comes to you and says I've got 10 years of division 7a issues most advisors are very aware of division 7a and manage any possible exposure very well so it's 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 relatively (laughs) uncommon and rare that you see these very large division 7a problems but they do exist
1: yes and do you need paperwork to forgive these loans or can you just as an accountant can you just write them off
0: I would always advise to have paperwork to forgive loans because accounting records are not a transaction document. They're only uh, a record of a transaction happening. So if you're just doing it through accounting records, there is no, I mean, there's a question mark on whether they're even forgiven if there's not some sort of document that's acknowledging that.
1: Yes. And does it need to be a complicated document or can it be quite simple in terms of that on a piece of paper the company director just says, I forgive these loans, and then both and the company director basically then signs on both sides because he's also the individual shareholder who received these loans? Can it just be a simple one page declaration?
0: No, there's no, you know, form or exact methodology to to that, so long as it's clear that it's a legal agreement and that it's clear that it does what you want it to do in terms of, in that example, that the company has decided to forgive that loan, then you're entitled to choose whatever form you want for that, whether it's on the back of a napkin, a two-pager, or a a formal legal document prepared by a lawyer. Welcome
1: back. So the big question regarding a write-off is, Why did you not recognize the Division 7A dividend? If there is no dividend because of a past amendment period, all good. You had a dividend under Section 109D. And so now thanks to 109G, Section 109F can't hit you with another dividend. So you can write off the loan and there is no tax issue. But and also there is no tax deduction when you write it off because this loan wasn't really a business loan when you gave it to the shareholder. But if there is no dividend because of a zero distributable surplus, then you have a problem because you never had a dividend under Section 109 DOE. So Section 109G can't protect you. So the write-off of the loan will trigger a Division 7A dividend under Section 109F. So not having a distributable surplus just postpones the issue. It doesn't solve it. But... If then in that year where you write off the loan, you also don't have a distributable surplus, then you are protected, then you are okay. So the amendment period protects you right from that year, whereas the distributable surplus only protects you for that time. But when you write off the loan, you have to look again at net distributable surplus. So that's the conclusion of all this. So that's the end of our mini-series about Division 7A loans and amendment periods and write-offs. In the next episode, episode 355, let's go and look at international tax again. Let's talk with Peter Harper of Essina Advisors in New York, Florida and California about cross-border tax issues. Next week we will talk about investments into public and private markets and how you would structure this, whether it's a public or private market. And while we talk about investing in America, the general principles we discuss, especially with respect to Australian tax, of course, apply no matter where you invest. You could also invest in England or Europe or Asia or South America. Principles on our side, on the Australian side, the same so that is for next week thank you for listening thank you to class for their support bye for now and see you in the next episode